You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Hello. It's been a long time, man. I was just saying it feels like it's been like six months. No? It does feel like it's been a long break. How long is it? It feels like, Anna's going to say it feels like it's been about three weeks, which is exactly three or four <laughs> weeks. How long has it been? Four weeks? We, it's, it's like like Maybe five, just yeah. over. Yeah, something like that. It's been a while. So we're back. We're back. Everybody have a good Christmas. See, this is the problem with going so far. You talk about stuff that feels like it's so long ago. You guys have a good Christmas. Yeah, yes. it was like two weeks ago, right? Over two weeks ago. Mm, yeah, like three yeah. weeks ago. It was good. I love Christmas. It's always a good Christmas. So. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, no, it was good. I was with my family in Santa Cruz. Yeah, so yeah. just had a barbecue and went for a swim. Oh, yeah, that's right. So yeah. It's a nice, <laughs> nice way to have a Christmas. <laughs> what did you guys eat? When you say barbecue, what, is that in, what does that include? Uh, steak, chicken, sausages. Oh, yeah. Like just a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cooks? Uh, my uncle. Oh, yeah. Did you help? Uh, yeah, I s- swam. S- stood nearby, keeping yeah. company. <laughs> he chatted. You did yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Catching my up. level of helping. Yeah, yeah. What about you? How was you? I mean, I know what you did, but just you care to share with the people? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I went to say yes, sure, and then it came out yes. Um, it was nice. Uh, we do our traditional wake up in the morning, pray, read together, and but this year was the first year we didn't read the the birth of Jesus story out of a children's Bible. We actually read it from a regular, you know, grown <laughs> a Bible. Bible, <laughs> yeah. And it, it just it blows my mind every time I think about how big the girls are getting here. Yeah. So, so this year for Christmas, you know, when we went shopping, it was like I walked into a toy store, several, and I was like, my kids don't want any of this. I I don't know what to get them now. And you walk in to buy them clothes. And it's like, oh, I don't, they don't want a, a t-shirt with Minnie Mouse on it anymore. Or I don't know, Barney. I mean, nobody, their age wants Barney, but I couldn't think or of anything. four years prior to their age. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, they change a lot. Like, uh, I, I mean, I think I, I'm anti-toy. I think you know that mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm, I'm not. Not anti-toy, let me say that. Like, if somebody gives my kid a toy and says, here, like, I'm not like, oh, you can't play with that and bury it in the backyard. Like, I'm not that, you know. But, I, like, I, I'm not really big on buying toys. Uh, I don't know. I, it, I'm not, it's not, again, I'm not, I guess I'm not, say, like, prohibiting it. But I, I'm just not, I'm not a huge fan of, like, spending money on toys because they don't play with them. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the main thing. And, like, two, like somebody, I was talking to someone about this, and they were like, "Well, you play with toys when you were a kid." I was like, "Yep, sure did, but I did not have. There was no internet and laptops and cell phones and tablets. There was none of that stuff." And so it's like, and so you, it, just the way you grow up is different. Your dependency on these little. I mean, I was older than them playing with GI Joes, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But now, had if I grew up today, like I'm not playing with GI Joes, and I'm ten. Like, I think that's why parents get their kids toys because they don't want them to be dependent on on the screen all the time you know laying in the bed and you know just kind of on their phone the whole time so instead of doing this you can lay in the bed like playing with your toys yeah or play on the floor or you know invite friends over like yesterday the girls had uh three of the the boys in the neighborhood over little buttercream gang (laughs) and and the girls brought their barbies out and the boys were like all into playing with the ken barbies you know because i mean they don't have because where we live in so they don't have that perception of like Oh, these are the male Barbie figures. They just see the oh the boy, yeah. uh, you know. 
Yeah. Yesterday, you, you uh, like, <laughs> what is this called when you do this? Like, fist bump. Fist pumped. Um, fist bumped. Oh. Definitely. <laughs> this is a fist pump. This Tiger Woods fist, fist bump is when you fist bump your fist. One of the boys, because he had a black Ken. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, his name is probably not Ken. But anyway. <laughs> what would you call him? I don't him? know. Go ahead. Tyrone? <laughs> Shout no, out no, to no. my father. Could you go ahead? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. So, he fist bumped. Uh, one of the kids because he had a black Ken oh, and one of the other boys was like oh switch with me because <laughs> he was like cool that he had the black one so the other kid wanted to I was just messing bump. with him because like, I just have no context no, no context on like all my, like, my little jokes and stuff and so I just do it the girls laugh because they know like you know and so like I do it they just they don't I, I always say this stuff because they don't have any type of like bearing on I don't they just don't they have no I mean they know what I'm saying but they don't understand like what I'm like talking about if that makes sense yeah but. yeah yeah, so yeah, so we had good uh, Christmas, good New Year. Um, speaking of New Year, this is 2021, and I think that's what we want to talk about a little bit today, at least. Um, what are your, what's going on? What's happening? What are your expectations for this year? I know we all kind of have some plans. Uh, your plans are probably the only ones that are secure. Everybody else's plans are probably subject to crashing mm-hmm. or to being crashed. Um, so yeah, you. I mean, you can go first because you have the solid plans. And, yeah, some well, or well, you have <laughs> the first part of your yeah. plan is solid. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. Um, yeah, the plan, plan is to leave on the twenty fifth of February to fly back to the UK, um, pending travel restrictions and airlines going bust and all of that stuff. Um, but if none of that happens, I'll be back in the UK on the on the twenty sixth of February. Um, do ten days of quarantine, and then the country's still in quarantine anyway, so I don't have to quarantine on top of that. Yeah. Um, so the first month or so, we'll probably just be at home in quarantine, spend time with family, walking my dog, that kind of thing, and then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, the English life. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully by by April sort of time, end of March, beginning of April, things will start opening back up, um, and I can focus more on uh, fundraising, visiting churches if they're reopening. Um, I guess the advantage with churches not reopening is I can get around to more churches via Zoom. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this period the disadvantage of that is it's harder to raise money via zoom yeah because um, people find it easier to say no online rather than when you see them in person um just one x away <laughs> yeah, exactly no. one red uh, button sorry, sorry connection leave connection <laughs> cut out <laughs> but uh yeah so so yes then spend a few months fundraising uh doing all the necessary things and hopefully getting back um as soon as i can whenever i can uh, whatever that might look like um a lot of it just depends on vaccines, travel restrictions. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, and I, don't, I mean, if this is, a, I guess, it's personal information. I don't know if you don't answer this phone, but <laughs> you have plans to get the vaccine when you're back, or like, because I, I mean, there's so much in the air. This is that's why I'm asking. I'm yeah. not being no, I am being nosy, I guess, but, yeah. um, but because of the travel stuff and whatever. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much, there's so many con- contrary um, opinions of when you might when someone like me might be able to get a vaccine. Oh, that's right. Because, yeah. So I did the, I did the estimating test. I've told you that, guys, this already. Yeah, that's but what I'm I, t- I did the estimating test of what my position in the queue is to get the vaccine. Uh, I put in all my details, and it said <laughs> <laughs> there are between 25 and 36 million people ahead of me in the queue. So it's going to be a while. Coming up. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not putting any dates in the calendar just yet. But... Um, I mean, the the vaccine rollout is going quicker than most people expected mm-hmm. in the UK. They're getting through. The target was 2 million a week, but they're going over that at the moment. 
Uh, they've turned everything into vaccine centers, like football stadiums are vaccine centers, yeah. schools are vaccine centers, yeah. churches are vaccine centers. Um, so everything's vaccine centers. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there's some reports that like um, some people aren't turning up for their appointments. And so other people are just walking into the doctor's appointment at like the end of the day, just going to the doctor's appointment yeah, and being like, true. hey, have you got any spare vaccines going that, that um, people haven't turned up for? And if there are, then people are just getting them. They're just walking in off the street, getting them. Yeah. Um, so there are ways uh, of getting vaccines. But yeah, that's the difficulty is it's ideally I would like to get a vaccine before coming back. Mm-hmm. But if they're saying, hey, look, you probably might not get it until the beginning of 2022. Mm-hmm. Then if travel, travel restrictions allow me, I'll mm-hmm. come back here. And get the Russian vaccine. Yeah, I'll come back here, do six months, then fly back to the UK for yeah. a week, get the vaccine, <laughs> and fly yeah. back again. Yeah. It's worth um, it over getting the Russian yeah. vaccine. Um, so yeah, so there's that's yeah the biggest up in the air is the return date. Like I, I've got an ideal date in my head, but practically as well, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but if it if things continue at the rate they're going, I mean, you're 15 weeks out from a vaccine. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think three months, three and a half months, or something like that. Which yeah. it may even go up, you know, faster because yeah. of more whatever. But yeah. I mean, which isn't. I mean, honestly, isn't terrible, terrible, terrible. It just no. when it, it's in terms of 30 million people in front of you, like it just <laughs> it just feels like <laughs> it feels yeah. terrible. I did want to say like one of the uh, most effective ways I feel. Um, that we fundraise is, is um, the way Ramon does it, and it's not a strategy of his, it's just kind of who he is, but um, just it's most most of the time, like just building connections with the leaders of the church, the pastor, yeah. and, and even if you can't sit with a missions board at a church, you can go out to lunch with uh, the pastor or mm-hmm. one of the deacons or the elders, you know, somebody, or the mis- uh, the head of the missions department, whatever. Yeah, and that, that's not how I fundraise, those are just my friends. <laughs> I, I know, that's what I mean, it's like, that's, I'm just, I'm saying in his case, I don't know, I don't know who his pool of uh, supporters, yeah. uh, or potential supporters are, and so I was just assuming they were all church leaders, and yeah. I could be very wrong, so, but yeah, it's, um, I actually don't think it's a disadvantage if you can't go and visit a bunch of churches, mm. um, it is helpful still, you know, because yeah. when you do go to a big church, bigger church setting, you um, get bigger donations most of the time, you know, one-time donations, which yeah. is helpful with the traveling costs and, you know, all of that. It's just, I mean, it's just like everything else this year, though. You just got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's frustrating because, I mean, yeah, I personally think the best way to fundraise is being there. Everybody's together. And, like, they get to hear all your stuff. Like, is, it, is the ambiance, like, you know, it's, it's just different. And then, like, you know, sometimes the pastor will give you, like, a kind of, like, I mean, he, he introduces you. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, yeah, they're on the same page and whatever. Even if he doesn't give you, like, this huge speech, of, like, it doesn't really matter because he introduces you, which is his vote of confidence. Yeah, through, and, through association with the pastor, it builds credibility well, I mean, with the well, audience. Yeah, it's not even the pastor, like, as an individual, but, like, it's like this guy is saying he's letting him get in front of the church. So you automatically, without even processing, you see the person that's legit. Yeah. So that is obviously the easiest way. Um, but, I mean, it just, it is what it is, man. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. it is what it is. There are other ways to do it. You just got to figure it out. Because I think, I think we say it's the easiest way because, like, because that's the way that it's always worked. Which mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's not the easiest way. But, I mean, now things are changing, man, with Zoom and, you know, all that stuff. And uh, was it Google, whatever Google's is, they're... 
group talk thing or whatever. I forget what it's called, has a name. Facebook has that as well, you know. So you have these things, and, and there's more people now that are plugged into these things than before, like they didn't know how to use them before. Mm. And now, like, people are somewhat savvy with using Zoom, you know, for the most part, at least getting on and interacting and stuff like that. Like, um, so I don't know, things have changed. And so I think as to where two years ago, had you been like, all right, we're going to do a Zoom call with everybody from the church, I think most people wouldn't have come. And because they just don't, they, it's too much, it's too much like work or whatever. Yeah. And then it wouldn't have, but now I think people have gotten a rhythm and like using this different stuff. And I don't, I know that it's not equally as effective, it, like I don't, but I think it's a lot more effective than what it used to be. Mm. Yeah. And so it's just kind of navigating that stuff and trying to figure out what, okay, you know, cause like, yeah, is it going to work? We don't know. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like when they did mask mandates and stuff like that. It's like, is it going to work? We don't know, but let's, you know, like everybody's still trying them and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the time it is. I, I wanted to go to the States this year as well. I was supposed to go last year. And then this year, I actually wanted us to go as a family. And anyways, it's just, you know, I don't know what's going on. Um, we don't have, my, they're, they're obviously getting the vaccine in the States. Here, uh, uh, we ain't getting the vaccine. Uh, I wouldn't even, like, honestly, I don't even have this type of authority over you. But if you're like, I think I'm going to just get the Russian vaccine. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. I'm going to call your mother. I'm, like, any, I'm gonna talk, like, you're not getting, like, that's, but that's the vaccine that we have here. Um, our government here uh, bought 5.6 million, uh, whatever, uh, doses of the, 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 the Sputnik Five. Five? Yeah. Six? Five? Simon can't even hold it in his lap. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> like, yeah. first of all, it's named after a satellite. Like, this is... And then Simon, his point the other day was, what happened to the first four? Yeah. <laughs> he just released <laughs> like, Sputnik Five? Like, what happened to one, one, two, right? three, or four? Yeah, yeah, what happened to... And then third, like, the president doesn't even want to take it. Like, uh, yeah, Vladimir Putin won't take it. Like, so... Well, I got on no way. So maybe that's why one of our bar. church members wrote me asking if this this vaccine is going to alter her genetics. Absolutely, <laughs> it will absolutely alter your genetic. Like <laughs> this is the thing is like there's all these conspiracy theories oh, and stuff man. about the vaccine, and depending on which vaccine you're talking about, they're probably false. But you can tell me almost anything about the a Russian vaccine. Matter of fact. That thing is so untrustworthy that the conspiracy theory would be that it works. Like, you're like it works. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> a little bit Not crazy, guy. Me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, I mean, uh, all jokes aside, that's not, this is not a realistic option. So, yeah, for me, like, to travel, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know yeah. what that looks like, or I know that, it's, I know that at some point you're going to need the vaccine to get into different countries. And yeah. I get that. So we don't have the privilege to be anti-vaccine or like we have the privilege, I think, of waiting, but it definitely costs us something as mm. to where if we were living in Miami, it wouldn't. I mean, I guess you could say we're at risk or whatever, but like it doesn't you know what I mean? It doesn't it's like not like you can't see your family if you don't get, you know, um, or you can't go whatever you can't go home or whatever to whatever, you know, the country call home, whatever. I don't know. You can't get it. But like now, like. To, we can't travel. We won't be able to travel without it. I, I think now you might need it already to get into the United States. Oh, really? I think so. Think. But then I know that Bolivia is going to require it as well. So even if the United States mm-hmm. was like, oh, you can come in, you're a citizen or whatever, you know, we, we understand you want to get the vaccine here and not the Sputnik 17. <laughs> and so, <laughs> it, like, yeah, that would, that would make sense. But then equally, like, 
okay, but now it's time to go back home to Bolivia, and it's like, oh, no, we don't. Because they're not going to be as open, like, oh, you're a citizen, and blah, 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 you know. So I don't know. It's just, uh, I was talking to uh, Josh Carmody, one of our supporting pastors the other day, one of our good friends, and, um, you know, we were just talking about that. It's like just how uh, polarizing all the information is and stuff, and, like, you just, I mean, you know, it's hard to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to make that plan this year to go there, even though I have plans. I have, a, I have the idea of going this year, but I don't have solid plans because I don't want to. I mean, <laughs> you know, what if I can't go? And so kind of keeping that up in the air and stuff. But I need to go. I need to fundraise for sure. I need to just even not just fundraise, but just touch bases. We talk again online, but, you know, just be around, sit and talk, have dinner or whatever um, in front of our supporting churches. And I need to get a new camera and stuff as well, which is a whole different thing. So a bunch of different stuff that we need to travel for. But we'll see. We'll see. So yeah. go ahead. No, I was just saying, yeah, our girls. <clears throat> to have are just like just chomping at the bits to want to go and travel and visit their grandparents and their cousins and you know they've been they've done really well considering that they have been in the house since last year pretty much i mean short yeah. of a year you they know? haven't gone to school in, in a year yeah so they just pretty much stayed here the furthest i mean the, anytime roman just hops on a motorcycle to go buy soda at Can the I go? store they want to hop on and go with them like a part you know, I park my motorcycle outside my door, and then at night, you know, I just bring it in, and we park it right inside the door or whatever, just to, you know, obviously you don't leave it out and stuff. And so um, last night I went out to, <laughs> to get it to bring it in, and, and like, Jalen pops up in the window, can I go? <laughs> I was like, where am I going? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm just bringing the motorcycle in. I mean, you can come, you know. But we went out yesterday. I took him out. We had a good time, you know. And so, but yeah, anyway, so any other, so, okay, you're going to travel. You're going to UK, see your, uh, I don't want to say that in English, I don't know what I was going to say in Spanish. Uh, one way or the other, you're going to the UK. Yep. If everything goes smoothly, you can come back. Yep. I mean, I was leaving it open for you to, like, what are the rest of your plans? for the- <laughs> Come back and carry on from where. <laughs> carry on. <laughs> from, from where, whatever things look like here. Um, if... <laughs> Bolivia is still in a lockdown, then I probably won't come back. Yeah. But if things are still open back up, then I'll come back. Um, and then, yeah, carry on with uh, working with the church, uh, taking on the children's stuff, um, working in the leadership of that, and then the football school yeah. as well, whatever that looks like. Um, when I'm back, carrying on with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then just, I guess, picking up from where we left off, trying to just continue to grow everything, get a bit serious uh, about everything. Yeah. Um, push forward in different areas and um, and not setting ourselves up for the best best yeah. end of year that we can that we can do do you, do you feel like when you come back you're going to be like ah and it's going to take like kind of a jump start to get back into things or do you feel like you're going to come back like like rubbing your hands together like ready to like dive in again uh i think i'll be ready to dive back in again yeah. um again a lot of a lot of it would depend on just like what the situation is like but it's let's paint let's paint the nice picture that everything will be slightly more Mm -hmm. secure by then and things will be open and and running as kind of they were at the back end of last year uh, here. Um, I think I'll be ready to get back into it because the difficulty now is it's like for the last six months or even like the last year, I've always had like an end date in the back of my mind. And so you're always kind of semi thinking about that. Um, And so anytime you're kind of thinking, oh, should I start this or should I do that? You're always thinking, oh, well, I've only got two months left. I've only got one month left. I've only got four weeks left. Um, So it'd be nice to like, 
you come back and be like, okay, no, I'm back here. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not leaving for a, at least another two years or so. Yeah, and you can just... Um, yeah, yeah. And like, okay, let's start projects now. Let's get things going again. Yeah. Um, let's push on. Um, yeah, and I, so I think, that will, I think that will make things easier. Yeah. Um, and help help to get get back going and into things as well. And it's like, you're not starting from scratch either. Yeah. So it's like, there'll be nothing, um, unless dramatic things happen while I'm gone and different people are in charge of different things. Um, I'll be coming back and people hopefully be in the same position so pick up from relationships which have already formed um yeah and just carry on from there and push on good stuff so it's a year in a year of like transitioning kind of and then, i mean even transitioning back will be and just mm. it's, it's nothing new but yeah like you said it goes from like now it's like man okay when do i leave you know kind of that and making sure you're closing things down right mm. to coming back to being like kind of free to just focus on yeah. that and stuff so yeah that'll be good that'd be good I remember um, when we first started looking into becoming missionaries and reading like ministry books and missions books. One of the main things that everyone always mentioned was to be flexible. <laughs> you're going to have to be flexible because your plans are almost always going to change. Yeah. Uh, glad I'm just glad that 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 I'm able to do that. I'm, I just feel like with my personality, I'm able to do that. But but just that I even listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> Are you so? Um, I haven't talked to you about this, but we should read some more community develop, community development books while you're while you're gone and stuff, mm. and kind of go through and like trade off information and stuff. Is that something? <laughs> yeah, that's something we hope to get started in yeah, the coming yeah. coming year. Yeah, yeah. so because we've been, and I think I talked about this last time, so we've been kind of like into this thing called Christian Christian community development, and it's a whole. Mm. We've been reading some of the books and stuff, and we read, we read, you read a, like one of John Perkins' books, and I read the other one, and we we're kind of doing. I mean, there's more than two, but we we're kind of doing like that or whatever. Mm. It'd be cool to get back to that thing. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you got family and you got your fundraising stuff, whatever. But it might be in a space to be able to kind of like be not not in it yeah and like process the information better i don't know mm -hmm. but yeah so what about you me i actually just here within the last um couple weeks um started and then i think it's through conversations with you guys just started realizing how um little <clears throat> i how little importance i placed in my um, and being a leader, you know, and I never saw or really wanted to see myself as a, a leader who influences other people. But like just realizing that whether you want to be one or not, everybody's influencing someone in some kind of way. Mm. Got that from um, a message on Sunday that some great preacher preached. So <laughs> well, we passed the line at the last part, but we get it on Sunday. But the great preacher part. Um, and it just it just challenged me, you know, because I thought I can just float on by with little responsibility outside of my household. You know, you have so much at home. You just mm. like, oh, Ramon's got this here in the church area or in the missions area, you know. Um, but realizing that I'm still being watched, I'm still being held accountable by people and by God. And so uh, this year I want to grow in my leadership and ability to confidently lead um, in a in a biblical way. And so. I I realized that that comes with addressing a lot of my insecurities and why I don't want to speak in public, why I don't want to frequently invite people to the house or go out with them. Like I don't know why sometimes, but I know that those are issues that doesn't promote community, and so I need to dig in a little bit deeper. And then on top of that, 
um, just really, really buckle down on my biblical knowledge so that I can counsel. So um, I was reading in Titus last night that um, we, the older women in church, even though I'm not elderly, I'm one of the more, I hate using this word, but spiritually mature. And so naturally people will come to me for prayer or for counsel or advice or whatever. Yeah, and they should, you know. I mean, that's literally the way it's set up. Yeah, and so so just looking at the expectation of the older uh, uh, Christian woman, uh, a woman in faith, uh, my responsibility is to teach the younger woman in kindness and purity and um, family and loving and and all of that. And so I'm like, I'm not equipped for that. So I'm not doing my my biblical duty. And so if I'm not doing that, what am I doing? Yeah. So, so I got a lot to, <laughs> to work on. I think like when it comes to leadership, I think, and it goes both ways. We either fall into different, two different categories of people when it comes to the way, the viewpoint of leadership, their viewpoint, is that a thing? You know, point of view, ha, flipped it. Um, <laughs> point of view on leadership. And I think if some people, um, are very aware that I'm not, I should not be leading alone. Um, and then there's other people that, okay, no, so some people that say I should not be leading alone. I should not be leading alone. And so they're, they're very dependent on the people around them, which is, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but on the opposite end, a lot of those same people, not all, but a lot of the same people, they know that we shouldn't be leading alone. But when they see someone else that's not intentionally leading alone, that they, like they're okay with them leading alone. You know what I mean? And so like they don't have this, like, when we see people like doing something, like you said, oh, you got it. And so like we don't help out as much in areas that we could, you know, and, and like support and, and speak and share opinions, especially when it's a tr- in, within a trusted, because sometimes opinions are a bit much from people that like don't even want to work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But from when it's from a trusted group of people who are a part of leadership, like, yes, all these things have value and stuff. It doesn't mean they're always going to agree, but they all have value and stuff. And so I, I think I, that's a thing is we, we say like, oh, I know I can't lead alone. I can't lead alone. And we're right. I shouldn't lead alone. But then when you see someone else leading alone and you, you feel like they're doing a good job, it's like, oh, they got it. But on the other side, like you have people who think they can lead alone and think that no one else can lead alone. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it, they're both out of out of line or whatever. And so it's just understanding that, I mean, we're not really called to do anything alone and by ourselves. I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can sweep the floor by yourself. I don't mean like tasks, but I mean like just life mm. stuff and, and leadership stuff is, and again, it, it doesn't mean either like cowering down from responsibility. Cause I think that's the thing too, is like, I have to make decisions on the behalf, on behalf of the church. And I will ask your guys' opinion, but like, I won't be like, oh, oh, well, decide, Simon. Decide, Simon. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna close? Like, you know, I'll definitely ask your opinion. Maybe several times or whatever, or whoever. But I, like, I, I, I am accepting. I have not got there yet, but I'm accepting that this is my role. And at the end of the day, yes, it is my job to gather information and even to invite people in to like help lead and support. Because you're just not. You're not the. Sm- no one's as smart as they think they are. Yeah. But equally, no one's as dumb as they think they are either. You know what I mean? Or you know, it goes. And so it's like, yeah, just take advantage of the people that are in your life to be able to pour into you and help you, you know, advance forward and make the right decision. But equally understanding that in the, the day, it is your responsibility, but there's people that want to help you kind of do the responsible thing and support you. And if, and if you, if, if what, if you take all this into account and you make a decision or do something and it's, it turns out wrong, then those people are more likely to encourage you and whatever. If they're good people, some people will just like, and like drift off or whatever but that you know that's not really 
But yeah, I mean, they're more likely to encourage you as opposed to where you make a decision by yourself. And like, it's just, and then it's a dumb decision. Then everyone's like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, we do this together. Then we support one another together. You do it by yourself. Then you, you, I mean, you, you're, on your you're, yeah, you're, you are absolutely responsible for it. And so it's like, and that's just not the way that the church is designed anyway. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, just stepping up in leadership doesn't even mean, doesn't always mean having to step up on the stage and be like, all right, guys, time for me to preach. You know what I mean? It's not even that. It's just like, it, it's leading from where you are and being influential. And that's what, we, that's what you're saying, right? We've been talking yeah. about in church. It's like, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You are light of the world. He doesn't say you will be. He doesn't say I want you to be. He doesn't like go into a trance and say, in the year 2028, you know, you're going to be, it's not a prophecy. It is not a hope. It's not a prophecy. It is a fact. You are the salt of the world. And then he goes on and talking about like, how ridiculous is it that salt isn't salty? Like, you know, I can lose in this time, it can lose its saltiness, but it's, it's worthless at that point or a light that you cover it up. Why do you have a light then? If you're going to cover it up, it doesn't make sense. And he says, a city on a hill can't be hidden. You cannot hide that. And why would you even want to? Like, that's, you know, that's his thing. It's like, so you are influential. You are, you're called to be influential. But through him and who he's made us to be in the transformational power of the gospel that's taking place in our life, you are influential now. So influence, be who you are, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I, and I, I, grabbing a hold of that helps us have more, when I say self-confidence, I don't mean confidence in self alone. I mean confidence in who God has created us to be and where he's placed us in, in, our, in our lives and be able to walk in that and exercise that and be faithful in that area, whatever it may look like. And yeah. so... You know, and so at that point, yeah, you can lead from the back. You know, it's like backseat driver, but in a good way. You know, you don't always have to have the title and the name. You, you can be influential by it, but faithfulness to God causes you to be influential. And so, yeah, that's a good goal for this year, I think. And I mean, I hope that with that and with you taking that role, I hope that that becomes kind of a normal or expectation for um, other other women in our church yeah. so we can, you know, reach more young women and, and obviously men, too. That's, you know, but I'm just talking about your, what you said in that verse, older women or elderly women. Or what does it say? Old, uh, older women. Yeah, older women, which you are older than the Natalias and the Lisbon, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there's these, a lot of young women around that not all of them even come to the church, but just around that need need to be influenced. And so. I, yeah, we just need people to step into that. Um, I want to be careful with this word, but it is dominion that God has given. It's like, I don't mean that in like uh, the way that it's used sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, I mean, it absolutely is like God placed these people in your care and in your, uh, in your, in your in reach of influence or whatever so that you can reach them. And so, but we will not do that until we are like, oh. God has called me to be influential. Mm -hmm. God has called me to lead and to disciple. And, you know, I mean, yeah. go deep with these people. God has called me to do that. And there's, you don't have to be arrogant about it. It's really a, a grace thing. It's like, man, God is so gracious to have called me to do that when I don't deserve it, you know. I just think, I think, like, the way you were taught in, in churches, at least growing up, you know, um, is that you go to church to be better, to improve, to be a better, you know, you started off as person A, and by the time you are finished with this journey, this process of salvation, you are person B, you know? And so the whole time you go to church, you're focused on healing from my mess, you know, he healing, uh, reconciliation in my family, which are all very important things. But I think that the, I, I don't know how the Bible, inter at what point it, intersects where you are a work in progress but you're also a 
play a role in God mm-hmm. healing and and reconciling in other people's lives too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think I'm a mess, I can't help anyone. But some people stay there all of their lives, you yeah. know. Um, but but realizing that we don't just come to church for ourselves, like you you know, like you've been teaching the, to the church all along. Like we're a community, we're a family of believers. And we're supposed to be in each other's lives involved in these everyday processes. And, um, and, but yeah, I think it's like ingrained in us from the beginning. You come to church because you want to be better. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think the concept is, na- is very natural because everything else we do, we go to get something. Yeah. You don't go to a restaurant to cook. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all right, guys, get out the way. I paid you, you know, twenty nine ninety nine, and I'm going to make this meal. Like, no, that you literally go so you don't have to cook. You go to school to get an education or when you're in school, you go to be with your friends, but you're still receiving <laughs> stuff. You go to uh, like you go to work. The only reason you work is because you have to get paid. And so you're going to get paid, you know. And so we have the expectation of everywhere that we go, whenever we walk out the doors of the house, you're going to receive something. Yes, it costs you something always, but you're going to receive something. And you reluctantly give your money at a restaurant. If the restaurant came and was like, hey, we're going to give you this steak for free, you're not going to pay. You're going to be like, oh, I'll take it for free because that's, you know, that's what you want. If you go to college and they're like, hey, we're going to give you a full scholarship, you're not going to be like, no, no, you know what? I'm not going to take that. I'll pay you the whatever thousands of dollars that, you know, you're not going to do that. You're going to take it for free. So you're, you're even though you, it does cost you something, you only do that because you have to, you know. And at church, I think we have the same thing as we come to receive. And then when, you know, people put pressure to serve, we only do it because we have to. And so if, if somebody's like, you know what, you don't have to do children anymore. Pew! Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like, but it shouldn't be like that. This is not, this is not, we, everything is so consumerist and whatever, which, you know, that's a different topic and it is what it is. But the church, is, it, it, we have to kind of preserve the, the sanctity and the holiness of what the church is. And it is a family. It's not just a group of friends. It is not a monologue Sunday. I mean, there are, are monologues that take place, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever. Um, but equally, this is bigger. It's much bigger than what happens on Sunday. Like this is a family, this is a family unit. And that doesn't mean, Hey, ho, they're a family. Look, and posing for pictures and then not seeing each other. Like this is the depths of the nastiness of life. These are the people that I can depend on to pray for me, to pray with me, to take me to the throne room of God, like, you know, to take my petitions and my needs and even my, my errors before God and correct me, convict me, help me, lift me up, I mean, grace, mercy, all these things that I need, to, my daily bread, the things that I need to live, hope, give me, you know, peace, give me joy, all these things that you need on a daily basis. This group of people is supposed to be uh, a group of people that loves me enough to, to pr- help me, to help, like, they don't provide it for me, but they know where the provider is. And so when I'm weary and I'm leery and I'm doubtful, then it's you guys who Say, no, 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 you can't be like that. Let's pray. God, you know, even praying in our place, in, in my place, because when I'm incapable of focusing really on God, okay. when my faith is weak, then that's when this church's faith is strong and so, so on and so forth. And so it's like, it is very, but again, that's still me receiving. But on the other end of that, like, that's me looking for opportunities. How is Rudy today? How, how really, what's going on in this life? Hey, let's pray. You know what? Let's pray. Do you need, do you need money? Do you need, you know, whatever. Do you need to just go like, what, what do you need? And be like searching and providing for that without it being uh, like this, uh, a burden on us. Cause I think that's, that's the thing is we do have people in churches that are like service center, but a lot, it just feels like a burden and like, oh, it's a lot, but that's, it's a burden because it's not reciprocated. And so it's supposed to be this group and there's always going to be somebody that doesn't 
because there's new people coming in all the time, whatever. But equally, the core group of people, it should be reciprocating. Like, oh, you're broke and you don't have anything. What do you need this month? You need some chicken, some bread? Okay, you got it. Well, next month, I'm like, maybe I'm not broke, but I don't have anyone to cut my grass. It shouldn't be like, oh, man, good luck. You know what I mean? You got, you got a weed eater and a lawnmower or whatever sitting up there. Like, you know, like it's literally like not even looking to help one another, just being that, that thing for one another and kind of joining with, with together to one another to grow up in that. And so, and then that is, is essentially the, the most lightiest and saltiest thing that we can do is, is have this love and support for one another that's like just uncha- unchanging, immovable love. Like there's nothing you can do to make me stop not only saying that I love you and care for you, but serving you and actively actually loving you and caring for you, you know? And so that's what's supposed to be what the church is about. But, it, I, you know, we're, we're, a little, we're a little far away from that. <laughs> but just as a whole, not even just our church specifically, but as a whole. Like, it's a beautiful picture when you look at it, when you step back and look at what it's supposed to be. But then equally, okay, like, <laughs> when it's time to dig in, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's a, you know, it's, a, it's not our job, it's God's job. Right, but, like, God is, sends us to be responsible and to make decisions and change, you know. And so it's like... And then, like the verse of like, what's bound in what I uh, what you bind on earth, I bind in heaven, and what you free on earth, I free in free in heaven. Like where two or three are together, are gathered together. Like he's talking about church discipline. Like so this is like what you guys decide <laughs> between two or three of you, you. If someone's in sin and they're unrepentant, if like you decide to remove them from, like you know, like this is not. So it's not just like this thing of like we're just praying for a new house. Well, there's three of us praying for a new house, so he's going to do it. That's neither here nor there, but that's not really, I mean, I'm not saying that God doesn't respect community prayers, but that's not really what that verse is about. That verse is about, like, the hard stuff of our responsibility in church and, and, and Jesus showing, like, his support for us of those of us who are in him and, like, loving him and pursuing him, his support for us and our decisions in the church. And so definitely depend on the Holy Spirit, but equally, like, we have responsibilities and stuff here. So, yeah. But, yeah. Do you think that, um, like, you were saying like you don't want to like we immediately you know you become the salt and the light of the earth when you when you come into faith and believe in Christ depend on him um do you feel because people are not going to feel like salt and light they're not going so so you do you just encourage like practicing actions until you're fully convinced I mean I think I wasn't expecting the call (laughs) it just jumped out um sorry um I think a lot of times we focus on doing more when it's not really about doing more. It's about being more right. like God has created us to be more. Okay. Now what does that look like? Right. And so it, w- the fruit of the spirit is a very clear pic- picture of what that looks like of being salt and light and whatever. And so it's like, I, I, I don't want to say automatic, but it kind of is like, man, focus on your relationship with God, God, like be strong in the Lord. Like, yes. Then there are disciplines of like, get your prayer life in order. Yes, study, study the word, like you do this and like, yes, and then make the effort to be nice. like, right, there's an effort of like being nice and stuff too. And that's not, it's not as simple as that though. I mean, it is, but it isn't because then there are moments when you know, you want to just lose your mind on somebody mm. and like, and, 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 and you're rightfully so in doing it. But then in that moment, that's where you start to see growth. Because the thing is, everybody says like, I'm growing, I'm growing, but they haven't gone through any adversity yeah you re- you really don't know how much you've grown you may know that you're growing but you don't know how much you've grown until you face adversity yeah 
not. It's like it, not knowing how much you really love until you have to love someone that doesn't love you. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and then when you see that you can do that when you couldn't do it before, that's where you start to see the transformation. And it's inspiring because you're like, man, you feel stronger. Like this person that gets on your last nerve. And they probably deserve to be slapped upside the head. But you, you found the power. <laughs> To not, you know what I mean? To not, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? But like, but I mean, self-control, like, you know, yeah. that's a bi- I think that's a big evidence is, is the self-control and stuff, man. And I mean, it's just one of them, but you see these things and you see your reaction to stuff, how it changes. But that's because you're rooted in the word. You're rooted in your relationship with God. And you, the more you do, we were talking about this yesterday, the more we do it, the more you learn to enjoy Prayers, yes, starts off as a discipline, but it's never meant to be that. It only it only has to be a discipline to get us back to the original purpose of what prayer is. And it's walking, talking, and enjoying all that God is and what he is for me and my dependence on him. And just being in communion with him. Again, because we're so far off and in a sinful world and we, you know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so on and so forth. Then we, don't, we, we tend to not see, we may do it, but we don't see the necessity of prayer 100%. We see unanswered prayers and then we start questioning it. But we don't, we, we, we don't go back to the basics of just like enjoying God and all that he is and just a dependence on him and just having the joy of literally just speaking to the creator of the universe. Like that really, it, it should be enough, mm-hmm. like more than enough. And the peace and the joy and the hope that comes from your time and that spent with, uh, combined with your time in the word spent on just like reading what he has and just uh, these 66 books inspired by God himself written to us but uh, you know with him at the center of how this how life fits into all of this and stuff that combined with just like really just spending time with him like that's tra- tra- transformative and it gets to a place to where I, I don't want to say it's not a discipline but you know what i mean it's not like oh i gotta pray then it's like you are looking forward to prayer time you are having a long meeting at work and like instead of being like and i'm not demonizing netflix obviously uh, but like uh, you know when you get you're like man I, I just want to go spend some time with Jesus after it's just a long day I just want to like because you seek that as, as your peace you don't say ah oh, I can't wait to get home and have a big glass of wine to take the edge off mm-hmm. or to watch my favorite show I'm not even demonizing any of these things but I'm just saying you look to the right place for your peace and so it's like man I'm gonna get out of here so I like when I get out of here I just need to I just need to spend five minutes like just I just need to remind myself to really depend on God, the creator of the universe, the lover of my soul, my savior, my, you know, I mean, uh, savior of my soul, my rescuer, like everything that he is to me, my sustainer, my provider. I just want to go and spend five minutes, 10 minutes, three hours, whatever, you know, depending on your <laughs> whatever. But I'm just really spending time with him, me and him, no one else. And I can just get recentered, refocused. And it's like it's life changing. And that, so when that becomes a habit, like then, then all the, like the problem with the salt and light conversation, there's nothing wrong with the passage, but we just say this stuff, salt and light, salt and light. So people are like out and they're working their butts off and like whatever. And and, 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 in the midst of trying to be salt and light, they're being negligent of their relationship and dependency on God. Mm -hmm. And so we've, I think we've all fallen into that trap, right? Of so busy trying to be effective that we don't realize that we're just the hammer. If you have a hammer, it doesn't say, "All right, let me get all these nails in." It just it's there, and it. I mean, the hammer allows itself. It doesn't even have a choice to allow itself but to be used by the whatever the carpenter who you know whoever's using it, and it does a good job. But like, so I think we take a little bit too much responsibility to do the, that type of work, 
and we fluster ourselves trying to be salt and light when it's like, man, plug into Jesus, create a dependency on him. That is the first. And then it, it, it literally flows from that. The transformation that takes place inside of your life that like that Jesus is constantly doing inside of us flows out into every part of our life. And then the salt and light comes because now you're we talked about Sunday integrity. Now you're a, a man or a woman of integrity. So now when everybody at work is uh, doing something that or when the boss leaves, like everybody kind of quits working and is fooling around, you're still working. You ain't snitching on everybody like dry snitching when they come back. <laughs> you're not doing that. But like, you, you know, you're faithful and working. And so even there are some people in the job, they're like, oh, that goody two, whatever. I don't know what people say nowadays. Goody two shoes is probably not it. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, when they like, but the other people are like, man, they feel convicted even though they may not be believers, they feel convicted by your ability to continue on. And they're like, oh, you don't want to come over and eat these donuts? Say, oh, no, I'm good. And then you just keep working. You don't have to say, oh, I'm working. You guys are playing, you know, none of that. But your faithfulness in that, not just in that moment, but the consistency of that. Integrity is not just a moment. Integrity is a consistent uh, way of living. And so when you're consistent in that, it does affect the other people around you. And it's salt and light. And when people first turn the lights on, sometimes it hurts your eyes. In the morning, like somebody, turn the light off, or at night, you know, whatever, turn the light off, that's what you say. And so some people's natural reaction to that will be like, oh, turn the light off, you know. Yeah, but cool. equally, you, you, I, that's not your job to make them feel good. It's your job to be light and salt in the world. And so it's like, if someone's never tasted salt, I think the first bite would just be a little bit much, you know. So it's like, oh. But then after a while, it's like, oh, okay, this is, oh. Now when you see, like, the light is good and maybe, you know, whatever. Oh, the light helps me. Oh, I can see this in the light. I can do this in the light. So you are, and again, it doesn't, some people just don't want what you have. They don't, you know, they want to live with the way they want to live. But equally, that's not your job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. It's your job to live in him. And then th that lifestyle that you live produces salt and light. I mean, it is the salt and light of the, of the earth and, you know, world and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so now you're affecting other people. And obviously you have a message that you share. It's not just like, she's a good person. I don't, like, that it doesn't happen. That's a dream. He's a really good guy. I think I'll go to church Sunday. <laughs> like what? Simon works hard. I think I want to give my life to Christ. Like it doesn't work like that either, you know. Um, but so there's a message behind it. But when your message aligns with your lifestyle, that's when it really becomes powerful too, you know. Mm -hmm. Because on the other side of it, we, like again, we have people that preach, 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 but they do all the stuff that everybody else at their job does or in their neighborhood does. And so they lack integrity. So their message is empty and, and with the thought boy, but the power of the word is not in its, uh, in knowing it, it's in its application. And so when you're, you preach the same word that you live, that's powerful, you know, and you live. And so, yeah, you affect the people around you and stuff. But it starts with your relationship with God, man. Have a relationship with God. That doesn't mean repeating a prayer after somebody or attending church on a regular basis or attending prayer meeting and singing all the songs. That doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. That doesn't mean that having a personal, those are good things. And those result from having a, a strong relationship with God. But those are equally disciplines that you can do apart from God. You can attend to all these things and not know God, you right. know. So it's knowing God on a, on a personal basis and really growing in him and your dependency in him. And then that's when, like, things start to produce. Because, like, we were talking about Daniel and Daniel 6 on, on uh, not yesterday, two days ago, Sunday. Um. And like how, like, man, Daniel's obedient to God, man. And like, God is promoting him. He's supposed to be a slave. And like, you know, he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. And, that, you know, he does all this stuff. And then uh, Belsasar, Belsasar, I can't remember. I mixed the Spanish and English translation of his name. But when, you know, the hand rolled on the wall, like he translates that. God is giving, giving him these interpretations and stuff. And he's doing it. 
And he gets promoted because of that. So God is like promoting him. And it's like, yeah, this is what integrity in God does. And then next thing you know, like he gets an alliance, he's in alliance den. Yeah, he came out of it, but everybody doesn't come out of it. But like equally, he didn't know when he went in the lion's den that that wasn't going to cost him his life. It just says God sent an angel to shut their mouth. It doesn't say Daniel went down and put his hands on his hips and demanded things. Like it, he just he didn't know, but he didn't care either because his integrity was about faithfulness to God. And it wasn't about getting a, self, a promotion in his job or in the kingdom of, you know, and the, of the Medes and the, and the Persians or, in, you know, and Babylonians, whatever. It wasn't about that. It was about being faithful to God. And so I think. You know, when we live this lifestyle, I think, and it's been preached too, it's like, if you live like this, you will get promoted. And you might, but equally, God is not an idol giver. So he's not going to give you something that, create, that makes you self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's never going to do that. Because it, like Daniel, the, the temptation of being you know, wealthy and that level of self-sufficient, we see that with Solomon. Solomon's self-sufficient. So he's like, he, he writes these things and he's, he's kind of back and forth and all over the place or whatever. But like you see, Daniel knows that these things can be snatched away. You see it with Joseph as well. These things can be snatched away. Joseph is up and down, up and down, up and down. And so the one thing he knows he can depend on is, is God, his relationship with God. You know. And so when people see that in our lives of like, oh, well, yeah, he worships God. He gets promotion every week. Well, God blesses him, but God doesn't bless me like that. But then they see tragedy hit you and you still stay faithful in God because of your connection and, and your relationship that you've had with him, because you're rooted in the word, because you have a strong prayer life, et cetera, et cetera. They may not see those things, but they see the results of those things when tragedy hits. And so now, like it wasn't until Jesus died that the Roman so- soldier is looking and saying, surely he was the son of God. It wasn't until Jesus was on the cross. Jesus is running around doing all these miracles and stuff and like whatever. But it wasn't until Jesus is suffering that the Roman soldier looks at him on the cross and says, surely the dude next to him on the cross is like, so you see the darkest of dark people, his enemies, literal enemies are recognizing his greatness and who he is in the midst of his suffering. And so equally, yeah, and he overcame that and equally it reflects on us that regardless of how deep our suffering is, even unto death, he overcomes that we get eternal life in him, et cetera, et cetera. But at that darkest moment, who he, who he is in the midst of that moment, like everybody's like recognizing, oh, he really is God. And I think for us, it's like we can Christian, 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 I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, boats, houses, car, whatever, great, great, great. But then you live under a bridge and your faithfulness doesn't change from when you had 16 boats, which you shouldn't have 16 boats, guys. That's not faithfulness. But anyways, when you have that and your faithfulness to God doesn't change, now people are like, oh, he, he really is, you know. He, he really is who he says he is. He really is a believer. And you see that in Job. You see that in, you know, all the all Old Testament stories, New Testament as well. But it's a different, there's a different context there. But in the Old, Old Testament, you see that consistently of people living these lifestyles. And people are like, oh, this is, oh. And so you see King Darius stand is like, he kills all these guys. And he's like, the living, he refers to Daniel's God as the living God. But it's all these other gods as options. But he refers to Daniel's God as the living God. So like this is the one that's alive. He's not a statue. I've never seen him, but this is real. Like not just because the lion stuff. Because when he went to search for Daniel in the lion, he didn't even he, th- he thought Daniel was dead. And he shouts up to Daniel and says the living God. But it's because of Daniel's integrity and commitment to God, even in the midst of all this nasty stuff. Like he's still unwilling to stop praying for just thirty days. And so like he recognizes that God is real. He has to be real. For this smart dude that I know to be that committed to him, like he has to be real. And then, you know, because Daniel influences the king, he, has, his, he impacts and influences the king. And so he changes the law now. 
And like everybody has to worship Daniel's God. Like this, it's insane the impact that Daniel has yeah. on, on, on an entire like nation that is an enemy nation that hate his people, that have conquered his people, and they conquered the people who conquered his people. And you know, like, and he's the lowest of the low, supposedly. And he's impacting literally the entire nation. And it's not even really him, but it's his faithful, it's, it's God impacting them through him and his faithfulness and obedience to him that's rooted and the word and rooted in prayer. So like, yeah, so he saw in light in the way, not by standing up on top of the kingdom and, you know, or on top of the castle or whatever it is and saying like, you're not going to touch me. You know, he's not doing any of that. Like, but it's, it's who he is. It is literally who he is. He is uh, salt of the earth. He is light of the world. And he gets that. He gets that. So he just operates and walks in that. He has dependency on Jesus and or on God. And God is a whole at this time, which includes Jesus, but, you know, New Testament, different stuff. Yes, like like you were saying uh, earlier that, that we can lead and be and be influential without a title and a position. Absolutely. But it's a cop-out when we don't have that, um, to think that we can't lead because we don't have. Uh, we had a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago at our church, and they were insin- essentially insinuating that, that they can't serve because they don't have a title and whatever. And, like, yeah, you already know I had a mouthful. But I don't want people, you're never going to get a title if you can't serve without it. Like, you're never, ever going to get a title. Matter of fact, I don't care about, I don't care, like, I don't give myself a title. So, I, you know, why am I concerned about, like, can we, we're a community, like, let's love each other, grow, grow together, disciple one another, challenge one another, pray for one another, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. One another, one another, one another, like the one another commandments. Let's do all of that for one another. Like It was Simon who had to convince you to stop rejecting titles. <laughs> Yeah, that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah. So this year, I guess I didn't say my part. I did all that. You see, you got me on like a different... Well, you mentioned a little bit about wanting to travel and you'll see how that looks. And yeah, I did, and... I did. Yeah, I was just trying to relate to Simon. But <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously we bought property this year. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Is it? It's crazy exciting. Yeah, we bought we bought one piece of property. Man, Facebook needs to hit me back. I was actually wondering, like, how do they do that? They send you a message. They send in a check. Inbox, I don't or? know. They they send a check, and they may send it to the donors as well because I think when they donated, when people donated, they several people were telling me that Facebook said that they they won't know if their if their donation was matched until January something something. Okay. And so I think they'll let them know, and they send us a check because we've got it before. They send you a check in the mail, and so for whatever it is. And so when that's done, we'll know if we have enough money or don't have enough money for another piece of property. And so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, worst case scenario, we didn't get it, but we're close. Best case scenario, we got it. So, I mean, it's it's all good news all around. Mm -hmm. But I'm waiting on that to raise money for the next piece of property. And after that, I want to... um. Raise that up. It's it needs to be. I had to do a video the other day. If you want to see that video, you can go watch that on Red Roots YouTube channel because I don't want to re-explain all of it. But um, yeah, I want to just li- ele- elevate the land or whatever, and then kind of, uh, which is a kind of a project within and of itself. But then kind of go from there and see after we buy the next piece and kind of see what happens. I'm thinking about, um, and we've been talking about this kind of in private for a while, but. Uh, starting a business first, like some type of small business to be able to kind of generate income. Because I would love in the long term, it's, it's not, and I don't know to what percentage or whatever, I mean, 100% would be great, but at least in the long term, I would love for the community center stuff to be self-sufficient, self-sustaining um, to an extent at least, or at least help. And so I was thinking possibly about like building some type of simple, 
like small business on the edge of property, something we can use to kind of operate, generate income and kind of already have stuff coming in before we build other stuff. And it could just, you know, or at least even if it doesn't generate income, we can kind of get into a rhythm and then two, three years from now, it's generating income. You know what I mean? So we can get, if the next year and a half, we're like building and planning and whatever, but we don't have, you know, like actual solid ministry stuff built, we could have that thing. And then at that time, it'll definitely be profitable. You know, I mean, not definitely, but you know, that's the hope or whatever. Yeah. And so I don't know. We, we got, there's a lot of stuff to think about and stuff. And so we're doing membership at church this year. So that's been a new thing. So I'm trying to work on that. Um, was going to do a membership course in March, but we just made a decision to close the church indefinitely for, or close the church. Uh, what is it? Suspend all services, mm-hmm. cancel all services until further notice. Maybe it's the best way. Uh, there's some people uh, very close to, I don't think anyone that comes to church has got it, but people very close to actually work in the same building where we're at now who have uh, tested positive and, uh, we have some susceptible people in our church that will come as long as the doors are open. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's the right. It's In the city as a whole, it's trending the wrong direction. But I don't know that we're there yet to close. But our situation here as a church where we're at, um, yeah, we need to close until that gets under control. The problem is, is once that gets under control, I fear that the city, we were talking about this last night with Simon, I fear that the city will be out of control at that point, and so we'll probably just have to stay closed for a while. So, but I don't know. We just kind of got to play that by. It's difficult, isn't it? Because the patterns don't make sense of the numbers. No, not at all. Um, I follow them daily of the the numbers that they release out, and they're just yeah, they're <laughs> they're all over the place. So the only thing, the only logical reason for it is that loads of people have got it, but not everyone's getting tested for it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's coming forward with it. That's the only logical explanation with it. Because like some days it will be like 150 plus cases Mm -hmm. and then the next day it will be like 40. And then it will go to like 70, then it will go to 20, then it will go to about 250. It's it's just the numbers are just all over the place. There is no logical pattern behind it. Supposedly the tests that we have here are pretty much trash. So it's like, you know, the results are going to be kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. It is a mess. That's yeah. what it is. I was I was reading that it, it's a conversation they're having that if um, in in the near future, if whoever tests positive, they'll just immediately be taken to a COVID uh, facility or clinic to get treated or quarantine until they get better and not allow them to go back home. And so I would imagine that that is might be a reason why some people might not, or at least going mm-hmm. forward, I, I wouldn't want to get tested and test positive and they take me away and feel, put me in a room with, no, you're not going to be able to help me. <laughs> so yeah. Why are you yeah. leaving me just, here? I'm, just be on my own. I want to quarantine in my own house. Like yeah. Just build a tent, and, you know, whatever, <laughs> set up a tent and they'll sleep in that. You're better off. Yeah. But and I also know that a lot, of, a lot of families here live in the same room or yeah. sleep in the same rooms mm-hmm. or share rooms yeah, with people. I understand that there's not a perfect solution for it, but it's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're just not prepared as a country. I mean, it is what it is. We're, we're not prepared for something like this pandemic. I mean, not remotely close, but yeah, so that's that. But yeah, I mean, this should be a big year. We're supposed to talk about this year and stuff, but we got away from that and talked about Daniel. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, anything else you got to add today? Don't think so. It's a good comeback episode, I guess. Yeah. Just to kind of get in the rhythm. 
we're going to restructure some things and do some different parts and stuff. I don't want to say too much because I don't know yet. But <laughs> uh, but equally, I don't want to make promises that we're not going to follow through with. Jalen did want me to ask if you um, will ever consider building a pool. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And another not. thing she wanted to do was build our house on the land. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, they, they've, they told me, like, we bought the property. Like, it's ministry property. And they're like, here comes, you know, like, the Satan. <laughs> like we should build a giant pool <laughs> like i don't think our supporters i don't think that's what they were doing for but they don't get it you know it's just like yeah we built our house oh well what else are we gonna put on there <laughs> yeah they, like they don't they don't fully grasp the idea of what the community center is mm-hmm. and so like actually but they drew out like a, a community plan of like Jaylen things that did. they would do if they were the mayor yeah. I, no we had a conversation with they drew Jalen drew out a thing a different time and it it was it was pretty cool, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a picture of it. She, it's pretty neat. She put a skate park in. She obviously she put a pool in there. But like, uh, there's a skate park. There's a pool. There's like a bunch of different stuff. A playground. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I mean, it's just act, stuff for people to be active and stuff. And uh, I, there was a couple other things I can't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, smart ideas. One day we were going to the grocery store, just me and the two of them, and I asked them like. Because they were complaining about the mayor, like everybody does, because our roles are absolute. It looks like <laughs> you have nine-year-olds talking I mean, about the mayor. <laughs> if you came here and saw the roads, you would expect dinosaurs to be walking around. Like that's how far behind. It's ridiculous. And um, anyways, as you're weaving through all the potholes and stuff, uh, so we're talking. They're talking about they're bad mouthing the mayor. So anyways, I was like, if you were mayor, what would you do? Just kind of making conversation. And they had some incredible ideas, man. I was like shocked. I was like, what? This guy. That's how terrible he is. <laughs> Nine-year-olds have better ideas. <laughs> Nine-year-olds have better ideas than this guy. But yeah, we're t- we have elections coming up in March, supposedly. That may be just <laughs> for mayor. Excuse me, for mayor and for governor, we have elections coming up. So in March, that's another thing we have coming up this year. It's a big deal for us locally, mm. a really big deal. So yeah, should be a good year, one way or the other. Even with pandemic stuff and whatever, we'll figure it out get it going produce more content this year again i made i made that video the other day and i made another video and then i i took one off the camera and edited it and uploaded it and i was like oh yeah cool got that and deleted all that footage on the camera forgetting that i made two videos so have one video so anyways that's that i just had to share because it still frustrated with myself (laughs) in the video um a little puppy made its little debut oh my god did you see it <laughs> no. i gotta show you just it that was part hilarious i'll show it to you right when we get off here it's like topped up in front of the no you'll see like he's gonna laugh because he thinks the puppy's cute anyway he is cute anyway all right well i think we're good for today you guys thank you so much for listening i hope you had we're late but i hope you had a, a merry christmas and what does it mean to have a happy new year does that mean just that day i hope this is the best year of your life how about that yes and um, wish you much peace, joy, and faith in Jesus uh, mm-hmm. this year that you grow in all those things. And so, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate all your love and support. We will see you next week. Provecho.